Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ready to pack? Take a lot of warm and light clothing with you and sunscreen? goggles for the sand, a surfboard, a good camera, archaeologist tools, and an umbrella. You're going to need all these things for our journey. I'm going to take you to the driest places on the planet. The wind knocks you down. The cold gets under your skin. You approach an icy lake. Somewhere in the distance, you can see snow. Wait! Why snow? Surely we should be in the desert where all the sand and unbearable heat is. Nah, don't worry. I haven't made a mistake. Because the driest place on Earth is in Antarctica. Dry doesn't necessarily mean hot. A desert is somewhere without much water and where there is almost no plants or animals. The McMurdo Dry Valleys of Antarctica fit this description perfectly. There has been no rain here for several million years, so it's not covered in ice. And the last time it had life was 90 million years ago, when this place was a swamp filled with countless insects and trees. There's no snow in the valleys because of the strong winds there that reach a speed of 200 miles per hour. The wind comes down from the mountains, and it's so heavy with moisture that as it falls down, it heats up along the way and all the water evaporates. So McMurdo stays completely dry. There is some water in a few lakes, but it's so salty that practically nothing lives there apart from microscopic organisms. The temperature in summer here is 5 degrees Fahrenheit, and in winter, it can reach minus 90 degrees. Even though there's almost no life, the McMurdo Valleys are fascinating to scientists because their dry conditions are actually similar to the ones on Mars. In the Atacama Desert in Chile, it never rains, and it's one of the most lifeless places in the world. But nature sometimes offers a surprise. More than 200 kinds of flowers bloom here about every 5 to 7 years. It turns pink, green, and white for hundreds of miles around. From a distance, some of the flowers resemble snow, and others make it look like the coast. At night, it feels like you're on another planet. The millions of stars illuminate thousands of bright, colorful flowers spread across the desert. Moisture penetrates some places in the Atacama, but only in the form of fog. Cacti, algae, and lichen extract the water directly from the air. The locals have also learned to get water from it by stretching out special plastic nets, which collect and accumulate the moisture. They're able to drink this water and also use it in their gardens. The city of Arica is close to the Atacama Desert. It's the driest city on the planet. It's a port city located on the Pacific coast, but it has a very mild, sunny climate, and they never see rain clouds there. For this reason, many people call it the city of eternal spring. Ica, a city in Peru, is surrounded by dunes. It's such a dry place that the remains of animals become mummified in the sand. 
a long time ago, the place looked very different. In 2007, scientists discovered the remains of an ancient 4-foot penguin beneath the sand. In fact, archaeologists would love it here. There are plenty more remains from animals that lived here hundreds of years ago. The Al-Kufra oasis in Libya looks like a real desert. It's the driest place in Africa and gets almost water. Some areas are covered with dunes 1,000 feet thick. But the appearance of this place is deceptive. A lot of people grow peaches, apricots, and dates here, thanks to natural underground springs. The water under the desert is used by all the people and animals that live here. In fact, the locals have built an artificial system of underground rivers that flow for thousands of miles around. Our next stop is Luxor, Egypt. If you arrive here at the wrong time, you could be in for a rough ride. Imagine you're approaching the ancient city. Dilapidated houses, huge statues of pharaohs, dark tombs, and the scorching sun. You're walking along the quiet, sandy streets of this majestic city when you suddenly hear a noise in the distance. The temperature rises quickly. The wind increases and lifts up the sand. That's the Compson, a dry, hot wind blowing in from the western desert. This wind can reach the speed of a race car, 93 miles per hour. You get hot, you dream of water, and then notice a small rain cloud. You see the rain pouring down from it, but the drops don't reach you because the wind makes it evaporate in the air. The situation gets worse because the wind creates a sandstorm. You take shelter inside an ancient dark building and wait for the storm to end. However, you could be in for a long wait. Sometimes these storms last up to two days. Our next stop is Pelican Point in Namibia. Don't forget to bring a surfboard, because this is actually a small pier on the Atlantic coast. It's a paradise full of seals and dolphins, perfect for those who enjoy being alone. Yet, it's still one of the driest places in the world. It gets only about a third of an inch of rain per year. That's about 30 times less than the continental United States. But you can always cool off, since the endless ocean pushes right up against the desert coast. And thanks to that ocean and its cold currents, Pelican Point has a much more mild climate compared to the other places we've been to, despite being so dry. We arrive in Wadi Halfa, a small town in Sudan with a population of about 15,000. This is not only one of the driest places on Earth, but also one of the hottest. In 1967, a temperature of 127 degrees Fahrenheit was recorded here. The climate is extremely dry, but it sometimes does get some humid air. And when that happens, a haboob comes. This is a storm that creates a moving wall of sand and clay and reduces visibility to zero. You wouldn't be able to see your own hand if you stretched it out in front of you in this kind of weather. And the hottest place on Earth is the Lut Desert in Iran. Spread across 200 miles, its landscape is full of dunes, huge rocks, salt plains, and funnels of sand. This is one of the most beautiful deserts in the world, but the most dangerous at the same time. There's no meteorological station to measure the weather conditions because some parts of the desert are almost impossible to pass through. The huge distances from populated areas and the fiery temperature make this place inaccessible. So the temperature of the desert is actually studied from space. In 2005, satellites recorded a temperature of 159 degrees Fahrenheit. That's so hot that if you put a pan of eggs on the sand, you'd have a fully cooked omelet in a couple of minutes. Ooh, can I add a little cheese to that? Maybe some mushrooms? 
The temperature changes, though, so sometimes Lut loses its top spot as the hottest place on Earth. Near the Dalol volcano in Ethiopia, however, the temperature always stays exactly the same, at around 60 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat comes not only from the sun, but also from the Earth itself, as this is a volcanically active region. This is one of the remotest places on Earth. There's not a single road here. The only connection with Dalol is via camel caravans, which are used to transport the salt that's mined there. It's unbearably hot and dry here, so I'm going to finish this trip by cooling off in the wettest place on Earth, the small village of Masanram, India. Moisture from the Bay of Bengal condenses over the village, giving it almost permanent rain clouds. There are endless downpours here. If you want to take a cold shower, you just step outside your house. People work and move around under special umbrellas made of reeds. Because of the rain, the village has a lot of lush green vegetation. But undoubtedly, the coolest thing here are the living bridges. Practically all building materials decay here because of the permanent moisture. So the locals came up with an unusual way to build bridges. Indian rubber trees have strong roots that grow outside the ground. People use special tools to direct the growth of the roots in the right direction. The tree goes on one side, its roots grow in length and penetrate the ground on the other side. Over time, the roots become stronger and aren't damaged by the endless downpours. It takes about 15 years to create a single bridge like this. So, what kind of place would you prefer to live? Totally dry or totally wet? Let me know down in the comments. See ya!